0: Hi everyone! Welcome to Potluck Food Talks, episode six. Today we're going to talk about kebab, aka döner kebab.
1: Assalamu alaikum Eric, how are you doing? You're good.
0: I'm good. I'm good. I actually had a a, a durum uh, today for lunch, just to to get psychologically prepared for for the episode. I actually had this rule, and my friends also had uh, it. Was never eat a döner outside of Berlin. And for a long time I I went with, with the rule. Uh, but I mean I, I got more flexible with with time and, and there are also some acceptable kebabs outside of Berlin.
1: Yeah, I mean for sure. I mean if you're if you're from Berlin or you spent a long time in Berlin, I think you have a very special connection to anything that's doing a kebab, right? I think it's fair to say that, you know, a big part of our friendship started over you know, sharing Döner kebabs late at night in Berlin.
0: Oh, yeah, I forgot about it. Like after work kebabs, two in the morning after a long shift in a in a restaurant.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, you know, that's part of like what makes kebabs so great. No, they're, they're just super convenient. And I mean, for me, honestly speaking, kebabs, kebabs are by far one of my favorite foods, right? No, seriously. I mean, hear me out. Like kebabs for me, they're on the same level as pizza. And the fact that in their structure, uh, they're very, very simple. And they can be, of course, super trashy. I think a lot of people, they associate kebabs with sort of like very cheap and often not very uh, high quality food, but... You and me both know perfectly well that a kebab can be absolutely fucking amazing.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, for a long time, I nourished myself only from kebab as a young student in, in Berlin. Yeah. like three, yeah. three meals a day. And I thought <laughs> this was good because it had all the nutrients, which is not, that's not true. If somebody told you that, <laughs> don't do that. <well>. And after <laughs> like four years, uh, I got a little bit tired of it. You know, but it were like four years eating kebabs like at, at least once a day. I, I
1: don't believe what you're saying right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> After a few years without eating doners, I I have to
1: say I miss them. I mean, I, honestly, it's one of the things I miss the most about living in Berlin. You know, and I mean, I I personally I categorize into doner kebabs. Not just the, like the like Turkish doner kebabs, and I mean, in, in that category, there's a lot of different things also going on, you know. But also like the Lebanese sandwiches and shawarma sandwiches, and I also just generally categorize falafel sandwiches into that category, you know. Um, Israeli food, all those sorts of things.
0: Yeah, I mean, like these are uh, also to go a little bit through the history, uh, doners, and what is known as kebabs worldwide. Uh, this is something that started in Berlin in the sixties, uh, from Turkish immigrants. And, uh, kebab, uh, basically, uh, is it means this, uh, this meat stick, the, uh, where you, you cut the meat uh, to, to make a sandwich. And this influenced other street food cultures like the Greek, the gyros. This came out of this, uh, subculture of street food in Berlin and even tacos al pastor in mexico they imported the machines where they were doing donors in berlin to make the this kind of tacos in mexico so so it's something that that became quite international
1: is that actually true that it originated from that like thing in berlin
0: yeah yeah i had no idea the kebab is something much older that comes from of course um, from, of course from, now you have to say turkeye instead of turkey well, in any way, uh, it it came from Turkish immigrants, and yeah, uh, but it's something that you find now in every city in Europe. But it it originated in Berlin in the sixties.
1: Yeah, I mean that it originated in Berlin. I knew, and obviously the kebab as itself, you know, like is I think one of the we can say one of the oldest foods in the world. You know, the fact of like meat grilled over fire, whether it's like a And adana kebab, you know, like uh, for people who aren't as familiar with Turkish grilling culture as we are, is, you know, minced meat that is seasoned and then like put on a stick in a sort of like long, flat fashion and then it's grilled, you know, and sort of like meat grilled and then put in a piece of bread or, you know, some like roasted chicken, shred it up and put in a piece of bread with condiments and sauces. I think that's one of the oldest foods in the world, we can safely say. But like um, it's crazy to me that... You know tacos al pastor, which are such an iconic thing, you know, especially in Mexico City, that that actually originated in the way that it's like today on the trompos, you know, the stacks of meat that are roasting on the fire. That that came from that. That's incredible. I didn't know that.
0: Uh, I wouldn't be sure about that. I can imagine the, the but we we could make an episode about tacos. Uh, but I can imagine this was a, a tradition and then it became, uh, uh, they, they used like a more modern piece of equipment to... to uh, yeah, to yeah, yeah.
1: It. No, of course. I mean, tacos al pastor, they came from, uh, from you know, uh, from the Spanish and Middle Eastern influences in Mexico. You know, I mean, they go way back. But I mean, obviously, nowadays you find the tacos al pastor, they use this like big donut stand where they, where they cut out from there. Yeah.
0: So let's break it down. Well, what do you find in a donut kebab? You have the bread. Uh, You have the meat where you can choose between lamb or chicken. Then usually you can choose between three sauces, a spicy sauce, which is a Turkish thick spicy sauce, uh, a garlic mayo, and a yogurt herb sauce, right? And then you have like, like the vegetables, which are usually purple cabbage, iceberg lettuce, onion, and sometimes... In some places, they put a mixture of herbs, right? Like uh, cilantro, sometimes even mint. Anything else?
1: Um, I mean, yeah. Uh, I mean, I've actually never seen coriander. I mean, I often see like a sort of tabule sort of style, like parsley chopped with like stuff, you know. Um, but I think, yeah, definitely like tomato, onion... Lettuce, cabbage, really, really crucial in the. And I mean, there you see the the like German influence that they put, like the. I don't know. Maybe it's is it German. Maybe I'm just associating it with it. And yeah, the three iconic sauces for sure. Um, and I mean, yeah, we need to like um, address that. We, we're talking about the doner kebab, right? We're not talking about dürüm. We're not talking about lahmacun right now. We're talking about the iconic doner. Right, which you have to have in, I think, in the in the Turkish style sesame bread. Mm. That bread must have a proper name, right? Uh,
0: yeah, like, yeah. This is like a big, round, flat bread that you usually cut into slices. And one of those slices is where where you build your sandwich, right? Yeah. I don't know the name of that bread.
1: And I mean, like, that is the iconic döner, no? It's like, like usually it's supposed to be veal, right? Veal or chicken.
0: No lamb. Oh.
1: No, yeah, yeah. Because it's like, I I think there's like a a thing that it's supposed to be. I think it's supposed to be a mixture of veal and lamb.
0: Yeah, because this is like like a minced meat mixture that that they put on the steak. And it gets cut into into fine shaves, and this is what you what you get in your in your bread. So, and I would say like the the quality key indicators are first the bread has to be hot and, and nicely toasted. If it's not, yeah. then the the whole thing doesn't work. Same with the meat, and I would say th- those are the most critical points. I remember a place in Wedding, which is a neighborhood in Berlin. There was this big kebab restaurant. That was always empty. And across the street was like a a small kiosk, uh, a donor kiosk in the street. And people would wait in line to get their donors. And this is so so funny because uh, they they would do this in the middle of winter. And I would analyze which the difference. why, Why are people waiting in line for one where you can't even sit? You have to eat in the street and the other one is completely empty. And I would say the sauces weren't as good. And and these guys would always wait to have the perfectly roasted meat and perfectly warm bread before serving. Even if the the people had to wait in, in line, or then, then they had to win. That's that.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I would agree with you. The bread is really, really important. And then, of course, the, the the salad ingredients and the sauces, they're also very important. But yeah, like you say, I think really key is the way they play around with grilling the meat because... For people who aren't super familiar with it, you know, you have to imagine that you have this big stack of meat that is turning round and round next to a wall of flame. And obviously the outside of the meat is cooking and caramelizing and um, the inside is still raw or like slowly cooking. So it's super key that you play around with it so that this meat tornado isn't like overcooking on the outside so that when you cut it off, the meat's really dry. And like maybe it's like crispy and caramelized, but it's like really, really dry and sort of like chewy. It has to be that sort of like sweet spot of like caramelized on the outside, but um, still really juicy and often, you know, when you go to a spot that's not super popular, you'll have meat that's like they slice it off and they kind of hold it on the side because otherwise it would over caramelize while the rest of the meat is cooking. But if you hold it too long, obviously it dries out. So... They're also sort of like if a place isn't like as good, it's not popular enough, then the meat just hangs out for too long. And right straight away, the quality of the whole donut drops.
0: Do you have any favorite one, like a favorite donut place in Berlin?
1: So I have one which is um, like a little bit untraditional. Um, it's it's Lebanese instead of Turkish, um, which I had amazing, amazing shawamas at. And for me, like I said, you know, I mean, we are talking about the classic döner. Um, but for me, in the, like, category of kebabs, you know, falls also durum.
0: Can you explain what durum is?
1: Yeah, of course. I mean, basically, the only thing that changes is the bread. Instead of, like, having this fluffy on the inside, crispy on the outside, um, Turkish sesame bread, you have a very thin sort of flat bread, uh, kind of like a lafa bread or a... Or like a flour tortilla, almost, no, um, that they then gets rolled into what you could, you know, for uh, giving a reference to people, sort of gets rolled into a burrito, um, and uh, um, yeah, I mean, it's either really in all the Döner places in uh, in, in Germany, it's either Döner or Dürüm. And then also you have lahmacun, which is a completely different thing, which is like a Turkish pizza that also gets fillings. And a shawarma is kind of like a dudum. So it's also roasted meat um, in a flatbread um, or a pizza bread. It's just kind of like a little bit of a different style. right? And so there's this place in Prenzlauer Berg um, called Babel. And um, they used to have, uh, because I haven't, or still have, I haven't been in many years, but they used to have an amazing chicken shawarma. And so what made it very, very special was, first of all, the meat was really nicely roasted and seasoned really, really nicely. They had a really nice sort of um, Lebanese garlic sauce, you know, that sort of sauce that where the garlic is just emulsified. Um, It's not like a mayonnaise. It's not egg-based. It's just garlic and oil. And it's like really fluffy and intense and garlicky. But what really distinguished them was the salad ingredients that they put in, because they put in um, fresh radishes, like cut radishes, and also a lot of herbs, especially garden cress, a lot of garden cress. And it made the whole thing like really, garden cress is a really old school German ingredient that th- not a lot of people use that much anymore. Um, but it gives it, it gave it this like really nice spiciness, you know, and freshness. It's super, super tasty.
0: My favorite donor is a, a place called Mira in Neukölln and uh, near Kranolstrasse. And this place, the nice thing is that, that they work on, on a charcoal grill and, and that you, then it's open super late. You can go there like at 5 a.m. because I think that they're also famous for their breakfasts. So this is pro- probably a prep cook that, that is there for breakfast prep uh, but also ne- has to do give service if someone walks in at 4 in the morning because uh, if some drunk, drunk and stoned <laughs>
1: degenerates walk in. <laughs>
0: And, uh, that, that's the only place you find open uh, at that time. And that's the time where you want to eat a, a donor the most if you're super drunk. 100%. So we went to this place. Actually, my, on my last trip to Berlin, I went there and all of my friends, they, they didn't knew this place. Uh, and yeah, there is this guy making the donor freshly on a, on a charcoal grill. Uh, and it has completely different toppings and sauces. Also like kind of like a tabule salad, uh, and really nice sauces, especially the spicy ones. Uh, so, so it's something completely different, like a completely style of seasoning and everything. And it's super nice. The other one that, that is super famous is uh, Mustafa. This is the one that you will probably see uh, on, on TripAdvisor of this kind of, of uh, platforms on the internet. Uh, you have to wait in line like for an hour to get a, a dinner. And, and it's good. It's really good. So, not my favorite. Uh, what they do different is that they add some herbs to it and also cheese. I for, we forgot to say that there are some places where you can add this uh, white savory cheese uh, to your dinner, and I think that's also a very wise thing to do if you're getting a dinner.
1: Yeah, for sure. And also, like what they do is they add lots of roasted vegetables in norris kind of what they they're famous for. The sort of like. You know, aubergine and peppers and stuff like that. And they're kind of like deep fried, I think.
0: Yeah, they, they kind of coined the term of vegetable kebab, kombucha kebab in German. And that's exactly what they do. They get sticks of the different vegetables and they deep fry it and just add it to, to your kebab.
1: Yeah, it's super tasty. I mean, it, it's very nice. It's a little bit hyped up, you know, and I, I never used to go there so much because I just didn't want to wait with all the tourists. But um, but yeah, it's definitely very nice. There's other places that add vegetables as well. Um, but yeah, they they definitely made a name for themselves. Um, one other doner that I really really love is uh, also obviously in Berlin, and it's uh, called Imran Doner. Um, this it's quite well known. It's quite established. They have a few locations around Berlin, but it used to be right next to my house in Rathaus Neukölln. And um, they used to spice their döner meat just a little bit differently. I feel like it had like a little bit of cinnamon and like a little bit of clove to it. And it was just always very, very nice. And a big difference for them also was that they were baking a lot. So it wasn't just a döner place. It was kind of like a canteen. They had a big counter with freshly cooked daily meals. I actually used to go there more for their lamb and white bean soup. Because I used to be, um, you know, super super broke line cook and had no money. I used to go there um, for regular dinner and you would buy for like three euros, you'd buy a plate of hot lamb and bean soup that you'd then put loads of lemon juice and chili on top and you'd get a huge hunk of this like toasted sesame bread. It was absolutely fucking delicious. But their döner also, they bake all the bread there. Um, they bake fresh lahmacun and, and like a stone oven. And um toast the bread in there also. And that combination, you know, is just amazing. They're super,
0: super nice. So lahmacun is what they sometimes also call Turkish pizza. It's basically what is it exactly? It's like, like like uh the flatbread, but it has it's not tomato sauce, it's something else, right?
1: So um I can tell you exactly what it is because lahmacun is one of my favorite things in the whole world. It's uh, <laughs> yeah, really, it's it's so fucking good. And um, so what you do is you have a um, you have a mixture of lamb mince uh, that you then season, right? Um, so often you make a mixture of sort of like chopped vegetables, uh, which would be peppers, like red peppers, and like onions and garlic. You'd squeeze the water out of them, and then you add that to your meat mixture together with other spices, cumin and paprika, and uh, those sorts of things. I hope there's no purists out there that will kill me if I say something incorrect. But...
0: Um, <laughs> no paprika in your <laughs> lachmacun. <laughs> he puts paprika in his lachmacun.
1: Um, <laughs> but yeah, so basically you make this like seasoned meat and vegetable mixture. that, And then you have a, um, a bread dough that you roll out really, really, really thin. And then you basically, while it's still raw, the bread, you spread this uh, meat mixture really thinly over the bread. Difference to pizza is that this bread though, it doesn't really have any yeast in it. So it's not going to rise. Um, it's not going to puff up. And you spread the mixture basically to, to the very, very edge. And it's much thinner than a pizza also. But then you bake this really, really quickly, really hot. And a lot of time, like you can either eat it as it is, but a lot of times you bake this thing fresh. You take it out. You add in salads and condiments, but no extra meat because you've got your meat already on there, and sauces, definitely like a yogurt sauce, and roll it up. And it's a lot more crispy on the outside. And it's like when you get it freshly baked um, with sort of like arugula salad and onions and, um, you know, like sumac onions and yogurt dressing, and you roll that up, It's for me, it's the perfect sort of, The perfect food because you have everything: freshly baked bread, you have a little bit of meat, vegetables, salads. It's like very, it's a very, very authentic sort of type of you know. You can't really call it a kebab because there's no kebab, but yeah.
0: Well, there's also the thing that I think it's like uh, for me a weakness uh, while eating kebab is that most of of the kebab places are are Muslim, so you won't find any alcohol. Because I would say the perfect pairing would be a beer with your kebab. Uh, but, well, since it's not allowed or you won't get it like right there in, in many places, in the most traditional places, what you usually drink is iron, which is like a savory liquid yogurt, something really weird for, for people that is not from there. Uh, but I love it. I love to, to eat my, my dinner with, with an iron. Uh, I last time I was in Berlin, I was with a friend, and I gave him to try, and and he just wouldn't understand, like why why <laughs> would you drink this? Like I want like a just like a soda, you know?
1: Yeah, but ayran is amazing. I mean, like once you get hooked on the ayran, it's it's like it's super refreshing. It sounds so strange, like drinking salty yogurt, but it's like it's really satisfying, and I think it's really really refreshing also um and it's really perfect i mean like if you think about it it's kind of like drinking like a lighter yogurt sauce together with your together with your kebab you know because you're kind of drinking it on the side and then you're eating your your kebab and i love going to the places like you already know that the places like is cool and authentic when they have those like frothy iron fountains oh yeah. yeah you know where the iron is sort of like it's kind of sucked through this tube and then like s- s- um you know channeled out and they Kind of tap it straight from the sauce and it becomes really frothy and airy uh super nice
0: a few weeks ago i was hanging out with Per Merling from berlin food stories uh and he's probably one of the persons who, who knows most about street food in berlin and he was telling me that uh since uh this whole migration crisis with refugees from syria uh there has a a new type, a new category of kebabs emerged, like Syrian kebabs, uh, and you find them more and more in different places in, in Neukölln. We, Neukölln is one of the most Turkish neighborhoods uh, in Berlin, along with, with Kreuzberg, uh, which is something that I have completely missed out. So the next time I go to Berlin, I really want to go and try those Syrian kebabs.
1: That's really exciting, actually, because I haven't heard about this. Um, and for me, this is incredibly exciting, you know, because this is it's kind of what we were talking about, um, um in our episode of cultural appropriation, you know, this like mixing and merging of, of different cultures. And I love to see it, you know, it's like for me, it's super, super exciting that uh, other people, like people from a different culture would come into the city and adapt to this like huge uh, food culture of, of Döner and Kebab, you know, which I mean, is probably the strongest food culture in Berlin by far.
0: By far, for sure. Well, and talking about culture mixtures, my friend Chappie from New York, he visited me once uh, in Berlin. And you will find these places that that are at the same time a dinner place, and they use the same oven to make pizzas. and. Sometimes they even have like a Chinese place in the same business inside. You know, this kind of things happens in in big cities. So and he got obsessed to go to this place and ask them to make a margarita and then put all the dinner ingredients on top of it and roll it like a durum. And he was like, yeah, please do it. And they were like, no, we, we can't do that. Call the owner. I want to talk to the owner. And they called the pizzaiolo. And and he was like really intimidated. Like, I don't know if I can do it. Yeah, okay, let's do it. So they did it. <laughs> and they did the the whole margarita thing. I have pictures of it. I, I should pull some, some of, of these pictures. Uh, all of the ingredients. And he was like, yeah, I want I want to see you putting the sauce on top. Yeah. <laughs> and then they wouldn't roll it. Like, no, no, no. Okay. We we came this far, but we're not taking responsibility of rolling this monster that that's up to you. So they gave us a, <laughs> a margaritas with a super extra topping of dinner ingredients in the middle and we rolled them. And these things were a huge, you know, like like, like a, I don't know, like like if you roll a newspaper, that thing, the the things were
1: that sounds fucking amazing. Your friend is a genius. That sounds absolutely incredible. It's like, uh I think this is really, really visionary what he's doing. Um, I'm definitely <laughs> going to try, <laughs> try and do that. When he first said, yeah, margarita and like put, uh, put stuff on it, I thought you were talking about the cocktail margarita. And I was like, man, that sounds like a really fucked up sort of like savory, bloody merry kind of <laughs> alcohol drink. <laughs> Yeah, but that sounds like an amazing idea. I mean, those places are such a strange, they're so strange, these like mixed sort of like we do a little bit of everything place that that's exactly the sort of place where you need to live out your most perverted, bizarre, degenerate food fantasies, you know? This is exactly the kind of place where you need to live, live these sorts of fantasies out.
0: Have you ever done a dinner or a durum or a kebab, like cooked one for yourself or for a staff meal or anything?
1: so yeah actually um i have um in a way i mean like i would say that it's i've done lots of kebabs um throughout my throughout my life just because i love them so much döner you know i mean you can't really do without without you having like the, yeah,
0: the proper machines yeah yeah the
1: proper machines yeah i mean of course you can like rotisserie grill it but what i have done quite a lot and what i've had huge success with even at home and it's one of my favorite things to make and probably like if i think about the sort of things like my repertoire of what i cook at home it's one of my favorite things to cook at home because it's just so incredibly delicious it's lachmachul and it's like oh, it it works so well and it's by far one of the things that I enjoy the most. It's so delicious to me. Making the bread, making the mixture, and baking it, and then straight away when it comes out of the oven, um, just having like, I, I make simple like um, red onions that I salt and um, season with a little bit of sumac. And then I have a mixed salad. It definitely has to be some arugula in it and um, some parsley, kind of like tabbouleh style. And then I make a yogurt sauce, which has to have garlic in it and a lot of lemon juice, a lot of acidity. And that mixture together is super simple. A lot of onion, a lot of this arugula salad, and a lot of this yogurt sauce. You have to bake the bread until it's just crispy enough, or rather say, so it's just soft enough so that you can roll it still without it breaking, but so that when it cools down, it starts getting those crispy edges. And man, it's so fucking delicious. Like, it's it's just like one of the best things. It really is.
0: Now I want to go to Istanbul or some city in Turkey.
1: You've been in Israel really, really recently, no?
0: Yeah. Over there, I tried like, uh, it's called sabish. And it's like a vegan kind of uh, sandwich, Middle Eastern sandwich as well. And this was insane. Probably one of the best vegan sandwiches, or for sure the best one I've ever had. This was in Tel Aviv.
1: Yeah. I mean, for me, the food culture in Israel is so incredibly interesting, you know, and especially those sorts of things, you know. I mean, you know, it doesn't really count as kebabs, but like the falafel culture and these sort of like, um, you know, sort of like things in a bread that kind of are a little bit similar to, you know, kebab setup, you know.
0: I also, another interesting experience uh, was in uh, like one of the best restaurants in Tel Aviv. And they had, I, I, you mean in all these good restaurants, they have uh, like, you would say a pizza oven, but these are like pita bread ovens and you get like freshly baked pita bread. And in some places that uh, they even go go like really thick, you know, like, like three centimeters, uh, like a size you wouldn't expect for a, a pita bread and by far the best pita breads uh, i've ever tried
1: i've i've tried making pita breads but i haven't quite got the hang of it it's um there's a little bit of finesse to it you know it's for me it's really one of the most enjoyable ways of eating i don't really know what it is about it if it's the simplicity of it and it's like you know it's so fully ingredient driven again you know it's like good bread Good meat, like nicely prepared, grilled usually, which for me is always an added bonus. It gives you that full character of sort of like, you know, roasted meat and then like fresh salad ingredients. It's, um, it's by far one, like a food category that I enjoy the most.
0: So uh, what would you recommend if someone goes to Berlin and wants to try a, a dinner? What, what are the do's and don'ts?
1: Oof, I don't think that there are that many do's and don'ts I think um although I hate to say it don't be afraid to pay a little bit more because it's worth it don't get this like don't don't look at a donor like this cheap trashy item um because it can be really really amazing and if you pay a little bit more, um, in the right places, you're going to get a much better product. You have to be aware that f- with a donor, you can get the trashiest, filthiest thing that's going to just completely throw you off and you might get food poisoning or you can get something that's really lovingly made, you know, and that's just really, really good. So don't be discouraged. I would say go to the really authentic places, like talk to the locals and definitely visit, you know, the, the must Like the must do is go to Mustafa's Gemüse Kebab for sure, but also give the small places a try where you see that there's a lot of people sitting inside, a lot of locals sitting inside where people are queuing up. It's always the giveaway, um, the giveaway key. You know, if you see that they're baking bread, that's that's a green flag straight away. And just go by your gut feeling, go by your nose, you know, sort of like if it looks good, it smells good, if there's people inside eating.
0: Yeah, you will find the most traditional places in in Kreuzberg and Neukölln, but that doesn't mean that these are the only good ones. You will find good dinners uh, all over the city.
1: Yeah, for sure. And um, when you're in the more traditional places, um, for example, like in Schöneberg or, or something like that or in Bedding, um, maybe like try something else that's on the menu I used to go to a place um, that made very very good döner but actually what I used to go back for was their sheep's head soup because it was super super nice and it uh, and it became a little bit of a ritual with a friend of mine who was from Schöneberg so we'd often drive through there to after we'd gone out drinking and it would be early in the morning we would stop before going home and eat a sheep's head soup which was the best hangover cure um, and yeah, it's, um, see, like I would see döner culture in Berlin as, you know, like a lot deeper than just fast food. You know, it's like, it's a whole culture of people that are expressing their, um, their cult- their food identity, their cultural food identity through this medium. Yeah. I'm super hungry now. <laughs> I, I really want it. And there's no döner here. There's no kebabs
0: here in Hong Kong. What's our next episode? I think the Asian supermarkets is a fun one to do because it's so broad, you know? I'm literally
1: ordering food right now. Talking about doing made me so hungry, man. <laughs> <laughs>